Welcome to Podcast This Escape, the podcast where we talk about the escape room we escaped from in the previous episode of this podcast. Toby, Jeff, Alex, you did it. Congratulations. Yeah. Excellent. Yes. There's no room that we can't eat our way out of. (laughs) (laughs) You did successfully take out a child. Yeah, you all murdered a child today. I hope you enjoyed it. Asterisk. Hey, well, he, one he of us well did. known that he needed to go. His attitude <laughs> yes, said everything. Did. True. He, if, if anything, he instigated the conflict. Oh and yeah, when he gave you a helpful wrapper full of clues. What exactly. a loser! <laughs> right? <laughs> Jeez, how dare he? He almost ate our clue. Was the problem? <laughs> uh, you, you, did. you three did really well. I, I, I really loved it. Uh, I, I thought you, you had uh, some really good teamwork and puzzle solving as you went through. Is there any point during the room, like, did you, did any of you have like a standout moment that you felt that you, proud that of you yourself felt, for? That you felt smart during that room? Jeff, did you have a good moment? Yeah, I've, I had a couple. Um, the cake thing was the one I liked the most. And I realized <laughs> oh, yes. that the wrapper with the clues respo- uh, corresponded with the cake tree and Excellent. what kind of cakes needed to go. Yeah, that was very, that. that was a very good get for you. Uh, I really liked that. That felt good. <laughs> that's a, that is that an was interesting the one I felt one. like I got on my own, you know, which was oh, nice. Oh, yeah. And that, that is actually an interesting one because uh, I did the playtest for this room a little while ago. This is true. And originally that wasn't a puzzle, effectively. Can, I can tell you, oh. I can tell you the, the note that I found from Anders. Mm. The note that I got yeah. from Anders says, tall equals pound, small equals poppy seed, <laughs> left equals tea, right equals uh-huh. cheese. And so it was. So it wasn't actually kind of. There wasn't really there a, wasn't puzzle a puzzle there. there. Um, uh, and during the playtest, we thought we can fit some more actual puzzles, and let's go back to that and let's turn it into a puzzle. Let's turn it into like a little wordplay thing rather than just an I instruction. Love that. So I was very glad yeah. when you jumped on it. Worked mm. exactly yeah. how we hoped. <clears throat> and well, because of, oh. because T was the most important one, I'm glad that was the one that had you sitting there for a while. Mm. <laughs> yeah, as as Americans, T's off our radar. We don't even know where to start or begin with that. It's Wait, true. So I we're at a disadvantage. There's. Oh well, okay. <laughs> with the exception of Toby, who has tea upstairs, but has never drink any of it. Well, passion tea. It's like oh, that just, sounds good. <laughs> I'm on, joking. I'm on the what we should have done on the flies, we should have changed it so it was like left equals have fun with these small bits of paper. I'm like that's a fun Fetty cake. Anyone would have guessed that. I would have nailed that one. <laughs> no, I thought it was good. Well, when I got the letter in the first place, we read them all. Mm. The last clue I knew was cheese immediately, but I had no idea where cheese fit into anything. Yeah. Mm. And not even when we got to the cakes had I figured it out. I didn't even think of cheesecake because... That's the most least cake-like cake, am I right? Yeah. It's like a pie. Yeah. Well, what about ice cream cake? Because that's literally ice cream. Okay, that's just ice cream. That's, cream. that's something called a cake that you're right. It's not a cake yeah. whatsoever. What about, what about yellow cake uranium? <laughs> yeah. You're making yeah. super valid yeah. points. I can't disagree with any of them. None <laughs> Those of you are went, weird cakes. None of you went to the branch of the tree that had the urinal cakes on them. I was very surprised. Oh, my gosh. Oh. You're right. Oh if my they have God. a certain kind of they cake, just, they must. They must. There were we DVD copies of the movie Layer Cake starring Daniel Craig. There were copies of the song Short Skirt, Long Jacket. Yeah, there was a whole. You could have got Prolonging the Magic, a great album. We we really could have, couldn't we? That's a wonderful album. That's so <laughs> that's funny. That's amazing. That's amazing. Uh, what about? Well, yeah, that's why. 
Uh, what about Toby? Did you have a, a moment that you that you felt smart that you enjoyed from the room? Uh, honestly, the the cake. I want. I don't want to take what Jeff had too, but no, just like it. figuring out the cakes was like my favorite puzzle, mm. uh, especially finding out the tea cake. Like, that was a good. That was good. I actually, I think that was my favorite because it was, I just brainstormed every cake I could think of. And I don't know what's going to make it into the episode, but there were some weird cakes that I was throwing out there. Mm. I don't even remember most of them, but... but I think there was really, a Mountain Dew cake in there. There was a Mountain Dew cake. Uh, so I think I liked that one a lot. Mm. I, I, did, I, don't, I, feel, I don't feel like I had a standout moment, though. Like, I think Alex and Jeff really carried me through this. <laughs> well, I think that's, that's like a good epitome of, of how you played through the room is that often it would be like Jeff and Alice could say, oh, okay, well, I've come up with the, the crux of this one or where it's going to be. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know, I guess we got Toby. They can do it. They can figure it out. And so like being able to start, like you were very good at, at picking up on once there was a topic, you were just like, great, let's yeah. get in brainstorm. And, yeah. and you just were the perfect teammate for these types of games where you didn't allow yourself to think, oh, well, I better just stop. And you thought, here's this, here's yeah. this. And it's an incredibly going. important it's part of all of these games. Yeah. Not only Thank that, you. you wrapped it up. We would come up with ideas yes. and you'd put it all together. Exactly, and yeah. Lay it out for us. You were very much on top of looking for the password, which was the main goal of yeah, this room the entire time. Keeping everybody on track. That's, yeah, that's, that's how you know Toby's the game master. Keeping people on track. <laughs> Wait a minute! Stop. It's absolutely true. It's what Toby does what best in puzzles? life and everything. You're so right. Thank you. Then that was my standout, like wrapping things up. That feels really good. Um, and Alex, anything fun? Did you have a moment you most enjoyed from the room playing through? I there was so much of it that I really liked, except the cake thing because that <laughs> really stumped me. So I'm so glad that that Jeff and Toby were here. That was really fun to just. To fall back to my my uh, escape room roots and just say good job, guys. Um, so the tree the tree stumped you, but ironically the stumps. Me. The stumps they were That's not too funny. tricky. No, <laughs> but I did I I liked getting the the connect the dots thing. I thought that was mm. fun. Um, that was nice. And oh. I, what it was tricky is that I didn't feel like it was right at first. There was a lot of we had to talk about it. Yeah, because it didn't seem like the right answer, but then you know we all had to converge on it. I, I like that it wasn't so much is you know how do we solve it? We, we clearly got the thing like that was supposed to be mm. done, but we had to decide is this even valuable? Mm. Um, and that was kind of cool. Like it was talking. It was that. hard from on on this end to have you immediately look at the fruits uh, where we kind of came back to it and be like, oh look at these, dum dum dum, they make an N. Which it's meant to look like an end that we later learn has to flip. And and then it was like, right. I think it's an X. No, it might be an H or no, maybe yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. Hold on with that N yeah. idea, Alex. We're gonna You're think like, this no. through. I think well, it could be like that a is... little W wearing a hat. <laughs> no, it was an N. He was right. This is exactly what it's like to to talk to me every day. Like, oh, it's this. And then like twelve other things come out. Oh, that can't be right. It's like this or that or this or whatever. Like little fireworks going off in my brain that say it could be this other thing. And yeah, I saw it and, and I thought I didn't draw it out. And that's why I didn't have confidence in it. Ah. I just, I like guess because I saw the little, I don't know, in, imagery the there. That was right of the three of us. But 
Well, we all had to draw it out. That's what I'm saying. Then I was like, oh, well, no, no, I surely got that the wrong. wrong fruit. So we were making the wrong <laughs> yeah, fruit. To the wrong yeah, fruit. we were oh, making, that's, right. that's <laughs> why you had it right. And we did it. That's my failure moment. Well, well, hey, there there were a lot of confusing fruits on there, but the main ones we could clearly identify. Right. Oh, the yeah, important ones. True. We should have, but I didn't. I failed to. That's I'm. I also failed. Straight I, up failed. I the grapes vanished from. I my ignored beauty. the best looking grapes I've, <laughs> that looked like grapes I've ever seen. They were very clear. And I grapes. ignored them. So that's just me. <laughs> but I do have a question. Like, what? There was oh, yeah. that one fruit that we sort of talked about, and I don't remember what it was called. The red one with the the green the hands. Rambutan. The rambutan. A rambutan. rambutan. What is that? Good question. It's like I've seen it on MasterChef. It's a uh, Southeast it, Asian fruit. Quite frankly, I just basically for this uh, at some point I just started googling what are some really f- like fruits that have very recognizable appearances that I could draw that aren't just going to be another green yeah. circle. They're very yeah, light. Another circle. <laughs> yep. There's a there's a lime. Then there's like a green apple. Right. Yep. Then there's mm. like a cantaloupe. That's kind of yeah. A green just banana. Represent uh, every color. Of oh apple. man, I considered yeah. uh, rock melon slash cantaloupe, and I just went. No, that I don't even know what color to call that. Also, no. yeah, can rock we take it? Can we take a? Oh, yeah, can we, we call take rock a melon? Is, do you, do yeah. you have? Do you call no, them Americans don't call them what rock melons. They call them cantaloupe. They're cantaloupes. They're cantaloupes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cantaloupe. cantaloupes. Yeah, yeah we I've have never a. Heard that before. We have a big. Uh, this is a Sydney Melbourne divide on our language. Huh. Sydney people call them rock melons. Billy's family oh. is all from Melbourne, so they call them cantaloupes, yeah. and they're wrong. Well, you're all wrong. You know, I'm rock, into rock melon. Me too. I love that. It looks way more like a rock melon than it whatever does. a cantaloupe is I've supposed to be. I've always thought that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm into that. Um, All right. And but, it doesn't matter because they're disgusting. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was an interesting puzzle for me to draw out with those because in my notes, you will see I have so many variations. I wanted this N shape that would yeah eventually uh-huh. be a Z, but I really wanted this N shape and try to say, okay. How, where can I draw these lines? How close do the fruits need to be to each other before the crossovers to make them right. look like, oh yeah, that's basically just like a, a point, po- a point yeah. rather than mm-hmm. actual overlapped crossing lines. That's and cool. it was yeah. very difficult. So I've got lots of different variations. And you notice in the final picture that we ended up with, a lot mm-hmm. of the fruits that we use are not centered in their columns. I don't know if you noticed uh, that. So I did notice I, that. I noticed I that now that you mention it. Yeah. Yeah. And that was because I did, but I was like, eh. if you drew the <laughs> if you drew the lines from the very center of the column, it was just that much harder mm, to spot them. So yeah, like the pear and the fruit. the pear and the banana are as close to each other as I could That's make them. That's really interesting. Clever. No, it's so clever because I noticed it, like because I like the uniformity of things, and I noticed mm. it. And my initial thought was, well, it's wallpaper. <laughs> it's got to look stylish. It's you can't be. just have it. You can't have it be a weird, uh, uh, you know, uh, copy yeah, too perfect. Copy too geometrically for? right. Like a straight geometrically, grid. yeah. Otherwise, children will hate it. Who designed this? Right. Euclid, get out right. of here! I really went to like a decor perspective. Oh, it's just wallpaper. <laughs> I should have thought better That's of that. Of course, so it's a funny. clue. I think that, and I think that happens sometimes with stuff that you do, where you do something because. You're very smart, oh, and you, you and you make a room, and you put in these things that are like really that are deliberately slightly off to be a clue in some way. The wording of something, the image, and I think some people are just like, well, I don't want to point out how dumb that was. She can't, she can't, do, she can't draw fruit straight. Oh, I don't want to bring it up to make her feel bad about her bad ability. And she's like, no, I don't know how to draw fruit straight. I deliberately did it wrong, so it's more like a, 
Now it is it is oh, a I curious. Think she, I think she misspelled that word. No, that was a puzzle. It was about misspelled letters in the letter. You know, it's a curious well, balance because part of it was yes, deliberately, I suppose, a clue that they were off kilter, but also just oh god, this is the only way to make this puzzle I've come up with work. It's a mess. Right. How do I fix this? Right. Oh, that's great. Exactly my thoughts. Did you did you I think when you were when you were doing it to like don't have like separate lines, but like make a path from one to the other? Like if it was like the grapes taste like bananas, the banana tastes like the pineapple, the pineapple tastes like the watermelon. I gotta be honest, nope, that never occurred you to me. That would have been very simple. Yeah, that might have been really quickly. Like we never really caught occurred on to, that to me. quickly. But I think then uh, the issue with that, yeah, it would have been a t- bit too quick because it would have just been one part. Then you always yeah, would yeah. draw the part. Right. And also, where does the watermelon go at that point? Because if true. it loops back around, then, you, then it's a like whole different nothing. picture. You know, it's, yeah. the watermelon, like the, like watermelon tastes like the solution to a puzzle. Yeah, I think I think <laughs> I came up with that it had to be individual lines coming up with a single yeah, path to get through the whole thing. Way. Just I yeah, never thought true. of it, even a little bit. Oops. You know. I really like the way you lined them up to in those lanes because that threw me off for a while too. Same. Because it was exactly like the combination lock. I there, mean, I got stuck on that for a long time. There were it's one of it's an interesting room because ideally in an escape room, you don't want a whole bunch of three digit locks everywhere. You don't want the same things. You don't want numbers coming up coincidentally. But this room just somehow was built around the concept of four and trying <laughs> to do that while making them Four corners, four mushrooms. Four boat letter clues, four everything. Four. And trying huh. to make them not... Four of us. To, to still feel like they weren't too interrelated and like everything could have been a clue for another thing. Trying to make it clear there. enough where the distinctions happened. JD just wasn't very helpful. It was funny. <laughs> <laughs> he was here. He was in the background. Yeah, he was in the background. Been on the call the yeah. whole time. I had to cut everything that he said. It was real racist <laughs> stuff. I just couldn't get it on the final cut. Just constant yes. bigotry. I just had to cut the whole bit. <laughs> I mean, so the I listeners know, wouldn't uh, have heard him at home. He wasn't on the episode. I feel like well, in the I previous... know episode one of a show that did that. <laughs> In the, so in the previous episode of this season, in the candy shop, I feel like there was some elements of there are threes all over the place as ah, well. So the like next that. room, everything will be groups of five. Five. Saying. Who knows? Oh, I'm loving that Hopefully concept. But, That's cool. But then you gotta you gotta throw them off. You know, they think they're in the concept. I'm so the sorry. I think 12. the next room is all threes again. Ah, damn. Yeah. Oh, there you go. I um, you I, yeah, I think the three of you did really well. Uh, I I play tested this, and I think mostly it was the same. I can't yeah. think of what else changed. Like the wall stuff was all the same. The T, the the horizontal line, the last or the puzzle. My the... one other thing that was just a subtle change, and mm. in the end, didn't need to be there based on the order that you did things in. But originally, it was just if you get a single one of the mushroom cake pairs right, it will fill up with the substance. Ah. But that would mean that there was once you'd done T as you the only actual important the one. There's no impetus to solve the others. But obviously, we want to solve all the puzzles, so you yeah. have to get all true. of them. Yeah, that's, that's fair. true. That is fair. Like and then that. you just get like all the too. cheese and money you want as prizes. Yeah, <laughs> very. It's very owl and the pussycat. Um, <laughs> well, after you get enough pounds, though, you just can't walk anymore, so you don't get to finish the tour. It's one mm, way to lose, true. I guess. <laughs> yeah, just gradually Agreed. over the course of the day, you start clinking more and more in your pocket. People start noticing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah right. <laughs> and 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 as and it was a communication error. They weren't normal sized coins with a value of one pound they were american silver dollars but they all weighed one pound each so oh a lot of gosh. you can't take too many <laughs> really a, dense a, coins big, big dense dense coins 
made of yellow cake uranium. Um, <laughs> oh, great. They kill you slowly, too. That's wonderful. Uh, yeah, I, the guy, I had lots of fun with this room and I played it as well. And I, I feel like we generally like keyed into things quickly. I, again, I found that horizontal line really early because I went straight. Oh, yes. I went early to the boat. I went straight into the seats to look around the yeah. boat. Can I find if there's any clues on this boat? And I found this horizontal line, and I was like, I've got a horizontal line with no context, and I hate it. How oh dare you? Gosh. Why would I have oh this horizontal gosh. line? This doesn't solve anything. The password's going to be something hyphen, <laughs> maybe something to something. And so it wasn't until oh, the no. end where I had to reassess it. I think I had a similar thing. I was like, well, now I've got this F, and I've got this N, which could be a Z if it's the same orientation as the F. And um, I just didn't think about the line. Uh, and so Dan's like, well, what do you have? Oh, my God, I'm an idiot. But what helped me is I drew them all out on my page. So when I turned... And I'd already done the N before I oh, found the F. So by the time nice. I found the F, I was like, oh, look, if I turn this, it's an F. Oh, and that's a Z. Like, I could see them both on the same like, page oh, when are. I turned it. Right. Like, oh, there it is. <laughs> you know, I've, I've got them both. That's so smart. I love that. Um, but it is an interesting thing with, with the way you collect clues. Like, you found that F, and you immediately went, oh, that's an F that it's on its side. And then you, right. all your brain remembered afterwards is like, that is F. an F. I've solved mm-hmm. it to F. Not F yes. on its side, just F. Yeah. And so later on, when you found the other letters that were also on their side, it had to be a reminder of like, let's go back in time. Let's try and remember the F. What was it actually? Right. It was a lazy F. It was right. lying on its... And so that was the key. And it's interesting the way when you're doing these rooms, that's like the biggest thing to fight with is like, what have I ingrained in my memory? But what did I actually oh, get I mean, given? human brains are always fighting against you. They're always filtering information that it thinks that's... is important to mm. you. That's true. Good. Yeah, and I think the sim- a similar thing happens with uh, with the map being the key to that final uh. puzzle. Is like we have a map, mm-hmm. but what do we know about the map? It is there was something in the top right, there was something in the bottom right, there was something in the bottom left, there was something yes. in the top left. That was what yep. I have. I was going to say there was a moment, um, Alex, when you were like, "Well, we've got this many images. I've got this image, this image, this image. Let's look at them." And uh, my clue I was formulating in my head was, "You actually have another image that we didn't provide to you." Right, you've all that got another all image on hand that yeah. we yeah. did not provide. That's true. We drew it. Right, and it's like you right. have one more image. You drew the image with the corners, with the things, and so, yeah, it's an interesting one to get because once you've drawn it out, when you're drawing it, you're thinking that's top right. Let's put a thing in there. Oh, now I'll do the bottom right. But then as soon as you've done it, it all molds back to that's mm-hmm. the the room. It doesn't have corners anymore. It's just stuff in a room and trying yes. to remember that that's moment exactly and go right. back and re re understand like what it is, what the environment you're in. Yeah. Yeah, even my even my map became eventually just a list of notes. Mm. I stopped looking at it as a drawing yep. and just we got these many clues, you know, and I was like, oh, oh, no, what are we going to do? <laughs> yeah, you know, I had to draw so many pictures. I, Yay! <laughs> I couldn't I do words. No, <laughs> so I was going to say, um, yeah, the whole point of the solving the puzzles is like trying to hone in on the important information. So it's a natural tendency to just like ignore what you think is not going to be mm. needed. And, and so it's that, that is good. Like at the beginning, like when you're trying to solve these things, you have to do that. But then when you get to the end, you're like, oh, maybe I pruned this a little too much and I need to go back and figure out what I've dropped along the way. And so it fights against you. I think maybe at the end when you're like, okay, there's one puzzle left. What do we got? Yeah. I I reckon the other element you could like play with that with this room. If if we had like, imagine if like right near the end, you had to do a, a puzzle that involved something to do with trees. I think there could be a tendency to, 
forget that your cake dispenser has been a tree the whole time. You know, yeah, like, I did. It's a cake dispenser. <laughs> but like, no, no, that's been a that's been a tall tree the whole time. If you could climb up the tree and get to, you know, like if we started linking clues to trees, I think there could be a tendency to forget that that's where the cakes were coming from. Interesting. You know? It's that kind of a, you know, if like even then, right? It was the cave and the fire and the cave and the fire. And to remember, oh, they were burning vegetables. There were vegetables in that scene. Like right. that was what was going exactly. on. Is one of those things that can get lost. And and we talk about that a bit with this, like that. In an audio escape room, that is the equivalent of, like, these are the equivalent of searching in a real escape room. It's like search failure. It is, did you look under that? Did you, open, hey, I know you saw the chest of drawers, but did you reach under every drawer? Now, obviously, we can't do that because you just say, I reach under every drawer. Like, you don't need to describe yeah, that. So the version is all the little words hidden everywhere in the descriptions, all the little bits of, wait, did you remember those, the top corner, bottom corner, that kind of stuff that was in, and, and finding those and be like, oh, I've, I've searched the description to find all these little bits of information that were hidden is like, that's the equivalent in an audio medium. And, uh, it's, it's nice. It's, it's a, it's a it fun cool. way to still get that same feeling. It was fun. That's the it works so, really well. Yeah. So Toby, as the resident guest who has done an escape room before, how <laughs> what's the feeling like of one of these rooms compared to the physical room? Oh, I love that I didn't have to exert any energy. <laughs> <laughs> and I still I, I still felt like I was solving puzzles. Like I loved the puzzles. It it it, it used the same brain. Mm, oh, it's my brain. But like <laughs> the same. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Absolutely. It's pathways. It, it, pathways. Yeah. It feels that way. Do you now, as as a from a tabletop role playing perspective, when you're running games as game master, and and the same might be true as when you're playing or running your own games, Jeff and Alex. Like, what is your opinion on generally on like when a puzzle appears in a tabletop role playing game? Do you like using puzzles in campaigns? Do they feel silly? Like, what? How, What's your thought? I love I love them personally. I like I like physical objects when I run my games for people to cling on to. That includes anything from pictures like you presented with us on our trip or on our room. Um, and then as well as as well as solving puzzles. There's there's been a few instances where I've had them in my game and Toby and his. Those are my favorite things to do. I, mm. I love them. And and doing this felt like that on steroids. Like it was. <laughs> A treasure chest full of fun puzzles to do to solve one big room. The the minute we were done, I'm like, this needs to be in more role playing games. This is the oh, stuff wow. of le that legends become made. It's <laughs> yeah. fun. That's awesome because <laughs> for for me, the idea of doing it in a normal tabletop RPG is very daunting because a lot of TTRPGs are breaking stuff. Not even just physically, yeah. but you know, breaking things down. You got a murder mystery. That's okay. I've got zone of truth. Things like that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I. I was connecting with Ander on an emotional level already. I was invested into this room. I was like, you too. Can't I wanted more Ander. I wanted every every wrong answer that we put on cake. Enemy spawn. Fight the enemies <laughs> off. We'll continue our puzzle after that. I see. A, I see five to six sessions out of just this room alone. Oh, just from that, it was really cool. Well, I thought it was really well done. Steal as much of it as you want. Well, I need oh, to. I, That's I've got a mushroom, but I need to put a. Goblin warrior cake on. I hope it doesn't spawn a bunch of goblins. Oh no! Goblin. Oh, no. Goblin Tiny warriors. goblins come out. Oh, I like exactly right. Goblin swarm. I like puzzles in role playing games, but I think it's different mm. because putting a puzzle in a role playing game often there's two types. the The puzzle like these is no longer about the characters; it's about yeah. the players. Yes. 
definitely hot. Yeah, that's the focus. There's, that's but then there's puzzles where if you roll a natural 20, you just solve the puzzle. Like your character solves yeah. the puzzle. That's exactly why so, it's so hard. Mm. And it's tough. Yeah. Right. And Those it's harder the because there's like a, yeah, this. there's an expectation. Like when you do an escape room, you want to engage with puzzles. You want to engage with the world as presented mm-hmm. and solve the little puzzle. But I feel often in tabletop role-playing games, there's such a, there's such a push to be like, oh, I don't need to engage with this. I'm going to find a cool way to sidestep the issue. You know, mm. it's like there are, there's a, a barred door and behind it, you know, there's a, an enemy. And once you break the door open, like they're going to fight you and you're going to get into a fight. And like, I know this from experience, like game mastering games for you, Toby. So often it is this feeling like here is a conflict that should happen. And it's then it's, okay, how do we use anything on hand to subvert this situation, right? Like if the situation yes. is you're in a race, how often if, if you're playing a tabletop role-playing game and the setup is like, this is a race and you have to beat them in a race is not the first instinct to find out, well, how can I make, make sure this race is rigged and can't be lost? Or yeah. how do I avoid the race? It's, how do I poison like them beforehand so they don't come to the race and I automatically exactly win my right. forfeit? That's always the first feeling. You want to you you defy all those rules to not work in that framework to be like, I don't have to do that. Surely I could avoid this whole issue and solve it this way. And, and I think that tendency goes so against, and it's not a bad tendency. It's fun, right? That's as of a game master, it's kind of what you want. You want people to be like, yeah. what creative weird thing can you do? That means instead of doing this dungeon, you just realize like, oh, wait, don't we have a key that gets us to the end of the dungeon magically? Oh, damn. I gave you a teleporting key last episode. Yeah, you do. Oh, okay, cool. You can just skip that. Like that's what you, that's what people want to do. And so I think then being like, now you have constraints again, right? Now you can't True. just take Anders and throw him in the water and then kick the pipe so it turns on or break the... Like, no, no, you, you have to stop and engage. And it's so hard to get people to change and be on that wavelength if they don't want to. And if they don't want to, like, uh-huh. they shouldn't be on that wavelength. So it's, yeah. it is, it's an interesting thing. Like, we can do really intense puzzles here because you have done this game with the understanding of you're here to do some intense puzzles. And you're here to is, do some puzzles. Yeah, this and is exactly why I haven't tried making a real proper RPG campaign out of any of these scenarios <laughs> and puzzles this intense. We just stick to our own little RPG format here where it is. It's very rigid. We got it's rules. It's an RPG game about we, puzzles. A DM who says no a lot. <laughs> but I, I have been thinking this entire time, I've been thinking, are there ways to sift these into Dungeons and Dragons, say? Mm. and it's bloody hard. I think I have got in my head the scenario, but none of the puzzles yet. Mm. I, makes sense. I could see, I, I don't know if this is off topic, but I could see how I would run this exact puzzle in a tabletop RPG as the players, as their characters. Like, mm. like if, if I brought this to our Friday night game and Jeff and asked you hadn't done this, I believe we could run this almost like we did it today as characters. Yeah, but you you I have agree. you have a lot of trust in us to to play as our characters and not try to <laughs> That's You know what true. I mean? And, and also not try to just roll our way out of puzzles. That's also true. I think that's the biggest po- piece with role-playing games and puzzles like this is what you said trust. Mm-hmm. Trusting trusting the authenticity of the experience. Yeah, and like we're curating who comes onto this podcast to people that we know we can probably trust. That's true. <laughs> I love that. I want to do one in a in a role playing game now. I will I say, try. if you'd run this Please. in SideQuest, in the discussion of that kiwi looks like a bagel or a donut may have gone on for a lot longer with Jeff. 
Oh, you've listened. Far too long. You've listened to our show. It's a donut. Oh, well. (laughs) And as soon as we're done talking about it five minutes later, Alex or me will reference it again and it'll just. Oh, yeah. You'll never get on. The donut, the green donut was the theme of the episode. Exactly. Strangely, from our recordings, we know for a spoiler for people in future, not the first time this season that's going to be true. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, there is a yeah. For keep an eye out for future episodes, everybody. There's a bit of a donut obsession that's going to appear. Um, oh boy. Okay. Uh, so yeah, look, I I really like this room. It's a fun little room. You you three played it brilliantly. It was great to listen. It to. It feels like it's nice. It's easy to get into when this is a scenario. This room creation. I'm not drawing on this from scratch. We all already knew what this room looked like, more yeah, or less. Right? We had a good image yeah. of it. I had. We know. We knew the situation. And it's fun yeah. to hit that in, like, this is, I mean, we've done connected arcs before. We've done individual rooms. This is really going into, it, this is, the whole arc is fan fiction. Of course. It's fan fiction of Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah. And it's, it's fun to I just be really in that helpful. place. It's, it's yeah, lovely. You don't Willy to... Wonka? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> but it's been I think interesting, it's a smart choice. It's been an interesting experience writing it. It was fun, like, saying mini arc, uh, so an arc to be told in five separate steps. Willy Wonka felt like a natural way for that to happen. But it has also been very interesting in the writing process. I mentioned this. Your goal in this room is to get the boy into the chocolate river to be sucked up. Makes perfect sense if you know the movie. Licking wallpaper makes perfect sense if you know the movie. <laughs> trying to write my notes in accordance with that while also trying to leave it open enough for people who aren't super knowledgeable about the movie to figure out what they can do with that. Like just reading this clue, knowing that licking the wallpaper is essential and going, all right, how many people are just going to do that just for fun (laughs) with with no prompting? Mm. It's a funny little mix. It is. How many people only saw the Johnny Depp version of this movie? Yeah, exactly. They think there should be more singing. (laughs) Yeah, I wonder. I, but so I was going to say earlier, like, I think this was a really smart choice, though, because you don't have to do a lot of world building. You can mm-hmm. really focus on the creativity of the puzzles. So if you like have people come on with that assumption that they do know something about it, you can get right into like, here's here are the things you need to solve. Mm-hmm. And that was really cool. cool. Like, I didn't and have I to worry that, or try to picture things. Yeah. And I, but I think in general, that's like a sort of tool that escape rooms use a lot, right? There's a reason that so many escape rooms are like, escape this prison cell. Because it's like, hey, you've all seen a movie where someone does a prison escape. Or you know the, like, or if you're in a prison, you know that what you want to do is escape. Like, we can work on these tropes. Like, we can have, like, a little detective's office scenario. We can have a Sherlock Holmes escape room. We can have an ancient pyramid escape room. Because you've all seen something. (laughs) And especially prison cell is a big one like that because it's not just the scenario and your goal. It is also, oh, there's a toilet in my prison cell. Great. I know that something's hidden there. Oh, there's a Bible on the shelf. That's got a flask in it. Mm. And so I think there's, I think it's nice to work on those. And I, and Danny, uh, we've, we've talked about this a lot on this show, but like Danny is a principle of designing when, when there's a room, it is, you pick the room that you're in, that the, the whole escape room setting is. The next step is come up with everything that you would expect to be in that room. What has to be there first. And then you add puzzles. And so that's what I did. I tried to picture the edible room from the 70s Willy Wonka. And the big thing that for some reason stands out to me is there's a tree and he hits it and stuff and candy flies out of the tree. So I went, okay, there's a tree. Yeah. It doesn't matter mushroom. what else. There's definitely yeah. a tree. Classic thing of them mm-hmm. scooping out the... Scooping cream out of a mushroom. Out of a mushroom. Yeah. yeah. There's the True. chocolate river. He, he eats, he does drink tea. 
and then he bites yep. the and he bites the teeth. Absolutely. Then one oh, thing that I that. well no the two things I didn't include really long fruity gelatinous, gelatinous straps of something mm. and like bouncing <laughs> right. candy balls. Yeah. I didn't know what to do with those. Some of it in that movie didn't look edible. It was <laughs> no. obviously plastic and rubber. <laughs> you know, that's the problem with old movies. <laughs> if you had asked what any of the other children were doing, my default answer is that they're eating the mint flavored grass. Yeah. It's like cows. Yeah. Yeah. Goats. <laughs> also, I love Crazy the idea of it the being field. mint flavored grass because he just literally just planted mint. Just went, yeah, ah, no, don't worry about it. Point, so point. Plants no. actual mint. What am I going to do? A magical no, candy. Exactly. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, oh, oh wonderful. Well, look, that was great. It was lovely to have you on. Uh, it was it was heaps of fun. We could probably wrap this Jeff, up as an Alex, going to go out, st- stake out all the real world escape rooms now? Yeah, you're going to go do a bunch of real escape rooms now? Prove your work? Yeah, I wouldn't have a problem with that. It'd be fun. Really? I thought of a story real quick. Can I tell it? It's really Please. fast. Of course. We bought an escape room pass for our whole podcast group, mm. and then COVID happened, and we could never go. <laughs> oh, oh, no. It's yeah, exactly what happened. I remember that. Oh, my I God. Didn't know that. We were excited. Two, two years ago, you were invited, Alex. That's I'm sure I was. I don't remember. That was yeah. longer than yesterday. You were going to go. I remember. Yeah, I I'm just sure thought about that. Crazy. All right. Sorry to oh, derail. Definitely. So, wait. Do we get to ask you questions now? Please ask away. Yeah, oh. keep talking. If you have stuff more stuff Bring to it say on. or talk, let's let's chat. Let's talk I, about stuff. I don't know what I mean, I have a bunch of questions. So uh one, what is your favorite room that you ever have created together? Oh boy. I'm very happy for the together. I'm happy to take the together in that <laughs> sentence because I don't do that much. <laughs> <laughs> I just play test them and go, oh, maybe change this, and then Danny fixes it. Um, <laughs> well, you 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 create ambience with the characters, right? I do create ambience. That's what I'm. They call me Ambience Bill. See, this is interesting because I <laughs> never remember what puzzles I've put into rooms or anything. There are some individual puzzles that I like, but for the most part, I always say I suck at designing puzzles. I just like writing stories. So I remember more of the stories that we've told through rooms than any individual things. Mm. So like, I like a lot of our connected arcs. I like where Descent of the Culloden's that whole arc think, ended up. I think that is we. So we did, even it, though I it's remember hardly episodes, any puzzles from it. It's about. It's like Luigi's Mansion esque. You're, you're in a. You're in entirely a, influenced a, a, a by Luigi's mansion. mansion, full of ghosts. Each new room was a room in the mansion. You get locked in and dealing with the ghost there and uncovering a, quite a fun, poignant story. That was like sad but interesting and fun of of this ha- of this old family and the ghosts Don't of the spoil, house and but yep it was it was a lovely thing to I think I I think that was one of like the top sort of storytelling moments that was ten escape rooms all together to create this Dang, one wow. story honestly um, I think if it comes to just generic short little experiences maybe all of our Christmas rooms I think I like love being together <laughs> the Christmas rooms have been fun and little, you often put weird little, little mini games in those yep uh, we did a quiz done a christmas themed quiz a christmas game of taboo i do like in our very first christmas episode we had a uh, australian comedian on as a guest mark humphreys who's fantastic and we i don't know what question it was but we were doing some trivia question that involved <laughs> what someone did in a traditional like i think it was from brazil or something christmas story there's a christmas witch yeah what, what does she terrible do? thing does she do and in and just <laughs> independently we both had written down and read out at the same time Oh, she eats the baby Jesus. And <laughs> <laughs> that was all weird, but I was, it was my favorite little serenade this moment. Of, 
Yeah, look at that. Yeah. I think she ate the baby Jesus. Yeah, the <laughs> Christmas mini games I've had fun with. That's oh, amazing. That's, awesome. that's cool. Yeah. So my next question is what what makes a good escape room in your mind? Whoa. What what does it take to be Yikes. good? This is a funny one because when I always say, like, I'm a storytelling person, escape rooms like this are just my medium of telling stories. I'm no good at writing puzzles. But when it comes to doing an escape room, I am doing them for the puzzles. That is why I am there. I hope the story's great. I hope I can feel happy afterwards. But if I just wanted a story and to feel feelings, I'd see a movie. So I need the puzzles. I need to feel smart as I am doing them. So I think that is probably a good key part of them, both in real world ones. The game master relationship is very different in different escape rooms, but the best escape rooms that I think we do in the physical world also always have a game master relationship in some way. Oh yeah, They are there. Like, look at everything Next Level does. That's true. Their GMs are so involved. They are with you every step of the way. They're basically a character in the room without even being physically present in the room. Mm. And it feels like whether you are working together or sometimes a little bit adversarially, it feels like even the room itself is a, a character that is part of your team. Mm. I, I don't know how to explain this properly. Yeah. I mean, I find like escape room stuff is interesting because I feel like for every thing that is like, this is what makes a good escape room, there's some classic exception to the rule of like, oh, actually you can avoid that and do something brilliant. Like, should they oh, be linear sure. or should they be open ended? Should oh, we have to yeah. do multiple things at once? There are some that, that do linear That never bothers me. There are some that do linear terribly. Uh, is the set important? Well, there are some rooms we've done where the set was very bare bones, but the room itself was great. Or mm -hmm. we've done rooms where the set was fantastic and then the room was, yeah, it was fine. It was a yeah. couple of interesting puzzles, but My a beautiful, beautiful set. The only things that have disappointed me in rooms is too much repetition, like the same type mm. of puzzle five times. Mm. Uh, and I think, I'll tell you what I think makes, yeah. I one word that makes a good escape room mm. is clarity. Anytime oh. you've mm. found a solution and you're like, well, I've got the solution, but I don't quite know where it goes. Like if you have, mm. I found a random three-digit code. We've done rooms like this where we found a three-digit yeah. code and it was completely arbitrary which of the eight different three-digit locks it went into, mm. right? Or we found like one part of a puzzle, like, well, I don't know if this is going to be part of a puzzle or a whole puzzle. And I don't think the clarity needs to be immediate. I think like, sometimes you can refine down to like, oh my God, there's so much to do. What do we do? And then you realize. But I think after afterwards you should be able to be like, oh, I know what puzzle path I was on. Like we're talking mm -hmm. about it after, mm -hmm. like, oh, yeah, because we found that thing that led to this thing that led to this thing and it made this happen. And, like, you should be able to know those things. Like some rooms cheat at clarity where they're like, well, I'll just put a picture on this and it matches <laughs> the picture on that, so now you know. But when they can do it thematically, so you have to be like, this key came out of the skeleton's hand, it probably opens the pirate chest because he was a like skeleton with a pirate hat. Why would a pirate the have skeleton and have cake. a key to anything else, right? Clarity yeah. in the clues, in knowing like when I can solve this, when I can't, what's connected, without it just being easy, is the is the trouble. But I think that's that's cool. and I think and if I try and think line. of rooms we've done that I've hated, which is very few, mm. one of the big ones is like, oh, it was chaotic. Oh, I yeah. had no idea what connected. Oh, the connections were arbitrary. Oh, the there were too many puzzles that didn't lead that I thought led one way and that led. To, that's usually my biggest complaint when we've not enjoyed a room. That's fair. But I think clarity as you solve it and coming through and like having a solution 
be like, oh my gosh, of course. Like, like, is it an, in this room? Is it an N or a Z? Wait a minute, we flipped the <laughs> F, we flipped the I, it has to be a Z, of course. And like, once you get it, even if it's not obvious, because I don't think it's obvious. I realized how I wanted to word what it, I was saying. It's suddenly like, oh, now that's definitely, that's unambiguously <laughs> what it must be. Why would it not be turned? Yeah. It's got to be the Z. You know, my my wording to clarify what I was saying before, when it felt like the, the room was part of the team, or sometimes the GM is part of the team, not that they are part of your team, but that everything about the experience is to try to give you that feeling of accomplishment and intelligence. Mm-hmm. Everything that is there is to make you feel rewarded once you have done it. Mm. It's purposeful and that's, intentional. Yeah. That's like why that. I like But yeah, I love coming out. It's the same reason I do trivia. I like feeling like I've known stuff or that I've been able to figure something out. Mm. Cool. There's a... Oh, go ahead, Alex. I got more questions. So. <laughs> I mean, how long do you guys want to be on the phone tonight? <laughs> I start work in one hour. Uh, my question, my next one is, uh, what is your like puzzle writing process? And then, like, I guess you can do two parts because it seems like, um, Danny, you do most of the puzzles yes. uh, or creating. So then I, I guess, Bill, when you play test them, what do you look for? And I think maybe I, I kind of know you touched on that a little bit. But yeah, how, what's the puzzle writing process like? And then what do you look for when you play test? Play testing process is definitely one we haven't gone too much into. Mm. I'll be a little bit brief because I know that our listeners have definitely heard me say this before. Sure, yeah. But so yeah, typically I start for a standalone room. I start out with the setting, uh, the location first. Just if I can get a picture of my head of a room then that's usually good enough. It doesn't really matter what type of room it is. Anything can have puzzles in it. So I will do that. As Billy said before, I will figure out what objects have to go in that room. Maybe one or two things that just seem like they'd be fun additions, but not necessary components. Then I just list out all of those things and I start drawing arrows between the words and say, oh, cool. What feels like a good final goal? What is the story of this room? Because once you know the end goal of a room, that tells you what is the final object in the room. Then you start working backwards of, okay, why can you not just go straight to that objective? What is blocking your way? And then you start getting a feel for what objects in the room feel like they'd be good for hinting, feel like they'd be good for locking something away, all of that sort of thing. And they just start to build from there. But the actual puzzle puzzles, as I call them, for instance, like that tree stump that we just had where it spelled out last two same was to do with the fires. That would be one of the last things that I would ever create for a room. Okay, cool. That's cool. The actual the actual puzzles dead last. I think, and then I think playtest wise, I think the key is obviously you you test to see if anything can be broken, Mm. right? Like, can I solve this puzzle without all those elements? Like, for example, in this one, there's one that I think you could skip if you needed to, but but it's the easiest to skip, which is the I. I think if you have an F and Z, you figured out it was a Z and an F, and you'd be like, well, okay, Uh... I have to double up one of them. (laughs) There's nothing Zuff. that starts with Z and ends with double F. What starts with F and ends with double Z? Fuzz. Oh, fizz, fuzz. I could try a few of those and just, right? I think you could probably do without the I. Theoretically, But yeah. I think also getting the I was the least interesting, right? It's just mm-hmm. you find a piece of paper mm-hmm. that has an I on it, but it's, but it's sideways, right? So, like, what if- you didn't have to solve a puzzle for that. But if you did it without the F or the Z, that'd be hard. Wild. Maybe you could go that I, would be Z, crazy. Z, end, <laughs> and that's a bit rough. And at that point, there's enough. You'd be like, is it fuzz? Is it buzz? Is it... You'd be like, ah, well, no, let's let's keep looking. <laughs> and you don't even know if it's a Z or an N by that point because the I, like the F is really important in helping you get the orientation. So flipping it to an I and an N would be not, cl- like when we talk about clarity, that would yeah, not be clear. A horizontal clear. line and mm-hmm. an N, it would not be clear to be like, well, we must have to make that an I and a Z. You wouldn't really think it through. But the F is very clearly nothing when it's on its side and something when it's 
vertical. So like mm-hmm. that's so you can't really do it without the F and you can't really do that. So finding holes like that where you can break it is get out of here, dog. Uh is um <laughs> is an important part of it. Finding that the flow makes some kind of sense in terms of like Often it'll try to be like, I'm just going to achieve my goal. Like my goal is to turn the pipe on. That's all I know. That's the first step. Let's see if I can just win the game. And then being thwarted and and looking around. Yeah, sometimes in these, sometimes in my rooms, I have the puzzle order in mind. I know what people need to get. But intuitively, when Billy playtests, we realize people aren't going to look at those things until the very end. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that's okay. And sometimes that feels like they're just meandering Mm. and that won't feel as fun for them. So just adjusting the layout of the room a little bit, maybe to put things in more glowing, shiny places that they're willing mm-hmm. to look at. And then sooner. there's also stuff like feel, you can feel more when you play it where there's an absence of a puzzle. Like that mm. first rapper that just had the answers was like, ah, that feels too, like I'm not doing anything. That feels like mm-hmm. I'm taking an extra step that isn't adding anything to the experience. Like, why didn't you just write these? You could have just written it on the mushroom, right? Which I feel like happens a lot more um, in physical escape rooms that that is an acceptable thing to happen. Yeah, because yeah, because in a physical escape room, the finding going of and it finding a thing big is still, it feels like you're doing That's something because yeah. you're yeah. physically doing it. I'm Good moving point. over here and I'm moving back. Yeah. But in an escape room, you can travel a thousand kilometers in one of these in yeah. a second if you just say, "Okay, now I travel a thousand kilometers." Like, great, done. Next. <laughs> you know? So it's so it's not interesting. You so it doesn't it. feel like an actual step. So find where start those a stopwatch. We'll continue in ten minutes after you've traveled. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, we'll see how long that takes. Oh my gosh. Um, but yeah, so it is. Uh... A lot of the time, it's also him testing out my wording in my notes. I try to keep things mm-hmm. relatively mm-hmm. word for word to mm-hmm. see if I accidentally say something that's distracting or misleading or too easy, too hard as mm. far as hinting goes. And then there's little stuff like in the notes originally for the boat code. It was just it's a four letter code. And we didn't go into, and this is if we had playtested, if we playtested a lot, like if this was being released as a game straight away to the general public for $50 and we didn't like, we'd, we'd play, do more playtesting to see no, exactly how hands-on oh, sure. we can be with it, right? But yeah. we controlled the experience for this. Um, but something like, I don't think it is canonically a combination lock of letters that turn like that. Right. No, that's true. Nothing in the notes Which, that says that. It's just, it, you need four letters. We didn't really think about the input method, but as soon as you did, you then got caught up on, like it's something that playtest-wise, they're like, oh, we shouldn't have, we wouldn't say that, right? Because combination mm. wheels mm-hmm. of things looks like the fruit wall. It just has the right. feeling, as you yeah. know. And so right. you think, like, if we if that had happened during the playtest, we would have been like, oh, you definitely can't describe it that way because that's unintentionally misleading. Right. It's unintentionally, yeah. like that is... A, a loss of clarity like why does this look like that and it turns out to be nothing like because it was on the fly stuff yeah. like that is where you can add unclear moments so like you'd probably right. want to be like trying if we to were minimize rewrite, now you'd be like oh it's a keypad you can just type in four letters because nothing else looks mm-hmm. like a keypad mm-hmm. yeah. yeah that makes sense so you, you don't yeah. try to put in like red herrings and stuff or you try to be very careful with that people make up their own red herrings yeah. enough <laughs> like unintentionally I I, perfect example sure. of that yeah you do and I, also it's things like if I hadn't, if this room hadn't all been based around fours and there were just a couple of things that happened to be four-ish, that is a red mm. herring and I did put it in there. It was just an accident yeah, and the fours, my bad. Probably, probably too many fours in this room. Hey. Um, if, um, like if we were doing another, like, I didn't really notice on my playthrough, but that's because I think I'd, so, I'd found the end before I found the other four stuff. So I didn't think about the four columns of fruits. Maybe, I'm not sure. I feel like you did notice a little bit. Mm. But yeah, so in, you'd never have to intentionally put red no. herrings in. And red herrings are such a tough one because 
Yeah. To get a red herring that doesn't end up making the player go, oh, okay, thanks. Right, that was great. That was fun. <laughs> but frankly, what I, what I typically notice when we have guest GMs come on, some of them do put red herrings in, but generally not that sort of red herring. They physically put a red herring in the room. Like, oh, you see a picture of a red fish on that. And that is just the signaling of, okay, cool, we don't need to be paying yeah. attention to that thing in the room. It's a, a tongue-in-cheek right. way to say, oh, don't worry about it. Exactly. Right. You know, exactly. Yeah. Good. Good podcast code. Yeah. Um. But yeah, because it is hard, right? Because you don't. Because red herrings is such an interesting thing that, that people like to have them, but I feel like they're more fun for the designer than they are for the player. It's more fun for the no. designer. Like, ha ha, gotcha. And I don't yeah. know how often it's, it's appreciated as a player to be like, well, well what am I wasting my time? See, for? this is the how thing when I say that I like out of an escape room to feel like everything and everyone is there to help push me to feel smart and good about myself. Mm-hmm. And a red herring is the opposite of that. That's to make me feel like right. an idiot. <laughs> yeah, I think you touched on something that Toby and Jeff and I have talked about a lot. When you're a GM in a game, it you have to ha- you have a hard role because you have to put all of the bad guys in front of characters, but you still have to root for the characters. Yeah. So you're constantly losing. Some like, GMs like don't. it is a losing role. Yeah, and and you have to know that going in. And mm. I feel like you guys did a great job with that. Like you're putting these puzzles out there. You don't want to see anybody struggle, but you do want to see them be challenged. And so you know you you are rooting for us, and you did a great job helping mm-hmm. guide you know, our attention and everything, but that is, that's hard to do. It is, like you said, like some GMs don't do that. It's, it's difficult. You you see those horror story things online where it's the GM just hates the players and was trying to win. And that's weird. But but Mm -hmm. it's super weird, but it is the exact same thing that happens in the puzzling world. If a GM wants to beat his players, oh, that's really easy. Or wants to beat they, their players, they, they can, always can. Yeah, you, it, you can always beat your players. You just go, "Here's a thousand big black dragons. You're dead." <laughs> right? Like it's <laughs> it is it is impossibly easy and to in beat. In an escape room, all right, you've got to do these insane things, and also we just haven't given you one of the yeah. clues that would make it doable. Like people talk about Have that, fun. One, like how to make puzzles difficult or how to make them really hard as an escape room designer. It's the easiest thing in the world. You just make them bad. You make a really bad puzzle. <laughs> it's incredibly hard. <laughs> like, if you looked at this fruit, if we got, went, if we put that exact same fruit wall in front of you, but then the solution was, oh no, it's easy to solve. You take the letters of each of the fruits, and then you tra- then you make, the, you put them in Google Translate. You get the Greek names, and then you take the <laughs> images of the symbols of the third, let's say third letter of each of those fruits, and you line them up. They kind of look like a face that is saying the word. <laughs> You know, you just like, great, like, easy. It's so easy to make a puzzle that is hard to solve. You just make a real bad one. And, like, right. so so making, so making being a GM who wants to beat your players is exactly as easy as being an escape room designer who wants to make your escape room impossible. You just be bad at your job. And I will say it has been a real challenge in this arc because I deliberately went into this mini arc saying this is going to be a small arc and our episodes are getting a bit long lately. Let's make the episodes shorter. How do I make the episodes shorter and the rooms more compact without making the puzzles easy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been a tough one. Got to be real tough. I, the next room, room down. three of this season, I rewrote it completely because the puzzles were awful. They were way too easy. Yeah, uh, Toby. I think it boils down to trust again. Like mm. we trusted that you put together a solvable escape room, oh, yeah. and that you were there for us if we needed you. Like, mm. like that trust. It's like a unspoken trust of like sure. we're going to yeah. commit ourselves to this room and know that you're not going to leave us dangling over a ledge. In frustration, like yeah. uh, it's and the same thing as a GM that that moment. Absolutely, yeah. and we have this a little bit. We have we often have guest game masters on um, from like we have fans who are listening along, and they think I'm going to make my own room, and they write the room and they and they run it for us. So we have guest 
uh, GMs. And not so much a trust issue, but it's like a learned language kind of issue is that whenever we start with a new game master, you have to sort of poke around differently to figure out like, what's their what style? Are you gonna, what am I going to have to do? Mm. Right? Like when mm-hmm. I say, I look at the, the chest of drawers, do they say it's a chest of drawers that are three drawers? And now we have to be like, ah, okay, okay. You want me to now say, I open the top drawer. I open the middle drawer. I open the bottom drawer. And does that mean I'm going to try it out once? I open the second drawer. Can I see anything above on the bottom of the bottom drawer? Is there anything underneath? Can I, is anything loose? And you get quickly idea of whether they're like, yes, I want you to start searching very specifically. Or they're like, no, no, Mm -hmm. you look at the whole thing. Here's what you find. And you have to try and learn that, like the language of how they want you to interact. And it can take a long time to get that. I only just feel now that I'm getting Scott and M. Weiss's style yes, enough to be able to, to, do a few for to us get them. And to be able to be like now, or like what level of difficulty, right? We talk about knowing when you can solve a puzzle and this feeling of knowing, is this all they're going to give me? Or do I need mm-hmm. to go and look for more clues? Um, yeah. and, and, and that changes. You have to learn that. Like, I've I've mentioned this a few times recently on this show, but it's like when you do an escape room, there's a lot of puzzles that we would see that we would say, okay, that can't be like that is not going to be expected to be done. There's going to be something else that is going to link with that. But then we also do puzzle hunts, and puzzle Oof. hunts are the opposite. Where they just, give you nothing. <laughs> where you where like they'll be like, hey, I would like a one word answer, and then they'll give you a A4 page with pictures of various animals on it, and that's it. No, cl- no instructions, no clues. No. They just say, all they, all they say is, I want a one word answer. And you have to be like, what the heck is going on? And you then trust. Like, if you saw that in Escape Room, you'd never be like, this is a solvable puzzle. But because you've right. been told explicitly, like, this is all, you, this is it. This is the whole thing. All the information is on the task. You know, it is, this is every single element of it. A the picture, on the task. it's a picture with animals on it. You have to be like, oh, wait, hold on a second. All of these are three letter animals. They're all looking either left, right, or up with their eyes. Maybe that means there's the left, right, or middle dig- like letter of each of the animals. And then, oh, and that gets us to another layer of puzzle that tells us to, right? So you just have to start looking in ways that you wouldn't. That sounds way harder. If you oh, were in they're an so hard room, right? and they're really, they're really intense. But, they're, but they, the only way wow. you can do them is understanding that expectation. Like you learn the language, you learn what kind of things they're going to expect you to know or not. Mm-hmm. But even then, we, we, we do puzzle hunts. We do we do them Some together. of puzzle hunts. We do like a third of every puzzle hunt we've ever looked at, and the other two thirds are just like, what the heck is wrong with you? What are you doing? <laughs> and then you look at the explanations, and, and, and it is exactly what I described before. That's the level. They'll be like, these animals each have three letters in their names. But you should also know that there are only two other three-letter animals in English that aren't on this list, and those animals actually have five-letter <laughs> names. Now, those five-letter names are their <laughs> secondary just, names. My best example to... is still Ooh. one of the first puzzle hunt puzzles I ever saw and went... How does anyone do this? It was just a series of like crooked lines on a page. That was it. And it turned out that what you needed to do was recognize that these were ski slopes, uh, the tracks of ski slopes at our localist skiing place. Mm. And then you could figure, oh, and then you could wow. put in the names of those slopes and then you could solve those. For its but yeah, that was the first big step that you wow. needed to do. And, oh, I wasn't going to do that. And I love reading the descriptions because they're like, so obviously the first thing people would recognize that these are the ski slopes <laughs> and parachute. You're like, no, no, they wouldn't. Why would anybody recognize this? <laughs> and, that's, and that's invariably where it happens. It'll be right. like we, we solve, we solve, we solve. We get to a point where it's like we've just got like a whole bunch of random numbers. And they'll go, obviously at this point, the players will realize that these are the digits of pi plus e. If you put those two things together, mm-hmm. you end up with this number. So they divide up all their numbers into which one's pi and which one's e. Like, what are you talking? Every second digit is a digit of e. Every third digit is a digit of pi. 
hey, why would you do this to me? Um, <laughs> you get those sorts of things where they're just like, and obviously everybody recognized the, this is a Mandelbaum fractal, so we then move on to that. No! Um, it happens. They're weird. Those that's are intense funny. puzzles. <laughs> yeah, no thanks. Um, all right, I reckon that we've probably talked enough for the episode. Uh, it was lovely to have the three of you Absolutely on. it was. It, it was. Thank you so much. You did very well. It was great. It was, it was fun to listen so much to. Fun. Thank uh, you. So thank you so much for coming on. And uh, thank you, Danny, for making such a fantastic room. Oh, thank you so much. Thank yeah. you. Uh, yeah. If people wanted to check out the side quest in and, and, and catch up, and where, where should they go to check that out? Thesidequestin.com. Well, that was easy. <laughs> uh, and look I, I've said it I said it at the start of the last episode and I'll say it again to everybody listening along at home now check it out it is a fantastic show if you want to go and give it a listen it is great fun if you like tabletop role playing games and if, if you haven't listened to a tabletop role playing game before like actual play before go and check it out it's, uh, it's very easy to get into it's clear what's going on and I think what really helps if you jump in to uh, your second season is that you are also sort of learning the differences in second edition Pathfinder. I think that helps for the listener to be able to follow along when you say, wait a minute, I have three actions? Three actions? What the (laughs) hell? (laughs) (laughs) And I think everybody can go on that journey with you and and catch up on on what the basic rules are. So even if you don't know the the rule set, it's a a great place to jump in. So uh, everyone go and check it out. There'll be a link in the show notes to check it out as well. Or just go to sidequestin.com. Thank you everybody for listening. If you enjoyed it, I, I, I mean, I hope you did. Tell a friend about the show. It's the best way to support the show and to spread the word. Tell a friend. Go onto a internet forum somewhere and be like, are you all listening to this great show? Just <laughs> spread the word. Uh, and also, if you want to support us, you can always sign up to join our Patreon. Uh, anybody at any level can appear as an NPC in one of Danny's rooms. Yeah, we've got Matthew Martin. We've got Anders. Uh, we'll have, obviously, some more coming up for uh, this mini And up. Ken Arthur. Oh, of course. Ken Arthur Slugworth. Ken Arthur Slugworth. <laughs> I'm putting inverted commas around that. Yep. Uh, thank you so much, everyone. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much for supporting the show. Uh, and at $5, you get access to all of our bonus audio. There's a new bonus episode every week. There's the playtest audio. You can hear me playing through this room. Uh, you can hear our two-minute mysteries where we try and solve uh, little murder myst- or crime fiction mysteries written by Donald J. Sobel. They're wild. We've got some give-yourself-goosebump stories. We've probably got some quizzing and stuff yeah, like there's that. there's heaps of fun stuff. So go and check that out. And there's badges for $10 donors and, and other fun stuff. And if, hey, look... If we get to $2,000 a month, apparently, we're going to... Cooking show. A a, a puzzle-based baking stream. So that'll be fun. Let's work towards that, everybody. Um, I love it. So thank you. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for supporting the show. And uh, that's it. We're done. Everybody say bye. You can't control me. Bye. 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 Bye